Hello and welcome. My name is Emily Torrealba, and I'm here to talk about sustainable infrastructure and renewable energy. We're going to focus on how these practices can be implemented in major cities, governmental policies, and our day-to-day lives. Thanks for joining. Let's jump in. If you're like me, you rent the place that you live in. There are a lot of benefits to renting. There is limited responsibility, a landlord to kind of watch over the property, and managing repairs that might come up. One of the downsides of renting is you can be a little bit powerless when it comes to making major changes, uh, specifically if you want to retrofit the space to be a little bit more energy friendly. And yes, there might be limitations on doing a comprehensive, sustainable overhaul of your of your home. But I've done a little bit of digging and I wanted to share a few helpful tips and tricks to make your rental apartment or home a little bit more sustainable. Today I'm going to talk about how these small actions might be beneficial and then some practical steps we can take as renters to enhance the energy efficiency of our homes. The first benefit that renters experience when they make their space more sustainable is probably the most important one. It's a financial benefit. It's pretty apparent that if you save energy, you can save money. Typically, with rental buildings, more sustainable retrofits, appliances, and insulation options. Typically with rental units, landlords will opt out of retrofitting the space to be more sustainable. So that includes updated appliances and better updated appliances and better insulation for the space. And as a renter, you are typically billed for the extra cost of having outdated systems in the space. So it is a benefit to both the renters and the overall environment when we can take steps to be a little bit more sustainable within our own space. And another benefit to taking action on our own is we can potentially experience a greater comfort in our space because year-round there's a potential to lower the humidity within the space and moderate your overall temperature. I could definitely go for that. I know I'm always adjusting my heater or my air conditioning unit, opening window. Overall, if I could regulate the temperature in my apartment more effectively, I would definitely appreciate that. The third benefit to renters, it's not as immediate. It is a long-term investment in our planet and for future generations. I'm of the opinion that you have the biggest carbon footprint when you're not paying attention to it. So even just by taking data points in your current living space and assessing where you could maybe make a few positive changes, that will pay off in the long run. As far as action steps go, One of the first and most effective things you can do is to reach out to a local government program. For example, I live in New York, so NYSERDA is a fantastic resource. 
as I mentioned previously, landlords typically hold most of the decision-making power, and there's a lot of energy incentives that residential buildings may qualify for that would actually benefit both renters and landlords if they implement them. I know in New York City, there's the Multifamily Performance Program and the Empower New York Program, just to name two of them. So you could potentially encourage your landlord to reach out to NYSERDA or even bring the information to your landlord and show them the breakdown for how the space can be improved and they might be able to receive some financial incentives to make those changes. Beyond that, there are action steps within our own space that we can take. I basically tried to think if I wanted to change my own apartment, what are things within my power that I could adjust? So that's what I'm going to share today. Your living space might be slightly different. Maybe you don't live in New York, but I'd love to hear if there, if any of this resonates with you or if you're taking any additional measures on your own to be more sustainable. First, I took a look at my kitchen and I looked at the appliances. And when it comes to my freezer and my refrigerator, I learned that it's best to keep your freezer between zero and five degrees Fahrenheit. Any colder is not necessary to keep the food frozen and it just uses more energy than what is required. The same thing goes for the refrigerator. The ideal range would be between 35 and 38 degrees Fahrenheit. So anywhere within that range does the job, but doesn't waste energy. And another thing is just to be mindful of how many times I'm opening and closing the refrigerator throughout the day. I have a gas range stove and this was very useful. I didn't know until I did a quick Google search. It's important to keep the, ga- the burners on the gas stove clean to ensure maximum efficiency. A quick test for this, blue flames mean the combustion is in good condition and yellow flames mean service may be needed just to make sure the gas is burning efficiently. Thankfully, my flames on my stove are currently blue, but if I had an issue with it, this is the benefit of being a renter, I would reach out to my landlord and they could address this. However, that was not something I knew until I did a little bit of research, and that just gives me that much more power on my side to push for sustainability. Next, I work from home, and I've got a a whole computer set up. It's pretty robust. I'm really happy with it but there are some steps I could take to be more sustainable. So when I shut off my computer, it's important to turn off the monitor as well, because what I'm finding is that monitors can use twice as much energy as the computer itself. A really important tool that I'm going to try to get is an advanced power strip. This way I can turn off my computer and all of the accessories with one uh, switch. Apparently, even in sleep mode, computers can cost up to $105 per year to run. I'd rather go on a little trip or save that money than just throw it away because my computer's been sleeping all year. I hadn't paid advanced power strips enough attention until now because they will shut off when your computer's not in use. So that is a one-step swap out. It requires very little effort on my end and can potentially be a pretty decent return on my investment. The next step makes sense to me. 
I'm not sure if I'm being honest how actionable it's going to be for me, but I'm going to give it my best try. And that is to avoid leaving charging units for appliances and battery operated devices plugged in when I'm not using them. Even if a charger is not connected to a device, it can still draw electricity from the outlet when it's left plugged in. And this is a waste of energy. There are a few solutions to this. I can make sure I'm unplugging every charger whenever I'm done using it. But another lower effort option is to plug the charging system into a power adapter. <laughs> is to plug the charging system into an advanced power strip. And you could even use a power strip with a timer or a p I think you can get some that are programmable. I'll try to put some links for this in the description of this episode because this is a purchase that I think really could benefit a lot of us in both with convenience and sustainability in our day-to-day -day lives. And then pivoting to our air conditioning units. It gets extremely hot in New York in the summer and I am running my AC as much as I possibly can, trying desperately to cool out this pre-war apartment. So a few tips for, let's say you have a window unit AC. It's extremely important to make sure that that is fit tightly so no outside air will get in. Uh, and to prevent energy loss when the winter comes, you want to remove your window unit air conditioner or insulate it from the outside with a tight-fitting cover. And you can get these covers at pretty much any home improvement store. And another helpful tip is to check the air filter in your air conditioner frequently, especially in the summer when you're using it more than you're not. Uh, if your filter looks dirty, go ahead and change it. And at a minimum, you want to change this filter every three months. A dirty filter can slow down the air flow and make your system work harder to keep you comfortable. So that's a pretty quick fix that overall it's going to extend the lifetime on that air conditioner unit and save you money. And in general, do you really want to be breathing air that's coming through a gross filter? Not really. Now, I don't have a ceiling fan, but I did think this was a relatively useful tip. So I'm going to share it in case you have a ceiling fan in your space. And that is, during the summer, you want to ensure that your ceiling fan is running in a counterclockwise motion to create a cooling downdraft. So essentially, to paint a picture, you're going to have your AC going, it's filling your room with cool air, and then the fan is and the fan is then circulating the air throughout the room. However, and I don't know if I've been living under a rock or if most people don't know this, but in the winter, if you have a ceiling fan, it can help heat a home more economically. So apparently most fans have a switch that allows you to reverse the motor and operate the ceiling in a counterclockwise direction. By reversing this fan, you will force the warm air near the ceiling down into the living space. I think, I'm just going to run through the basics, I think most people know, but hot air tends to rise. So in the winter, you can circulate that fan in a motion so that it is pushing the hot air down into the space versus in the summer, you want it to be drawing the cool air up, pushing that hot air out of the space. Anyway, I, I'm, maybe I'm exposing a, a technical gap in my knowledge. I was not aware that that was a function of a ceiling fan, 
So maybe some of you guys will benefit from that knowledge as well. And then a pretty straightforward tip that I think we all know about but don't always practice is ensuring that we're using LED light fixtures in our space. When I moved in, there were there were just light bulbs in the space and I haven't swapped them out. But I want to be mindful when it is time to change these lights to make sure I'm getting Energy Star rated lights to swap around the space. So again, if you want to get through the lifetime of the lights that are currently in the space before you swap them out. But when it comes time, try to get a more energy efficient light bulb. And that is as simple as choosing a light bulb that is Energy Star rated. And then I also have a door and windows in my space and I sincerely hope you do as well. These can typically be a major source of heat loss. So my first tip would be to talk to your landlord about the caulking and the weather stripping around your doors and windows. This can minimize the heat loss and save energy all winter long. And likely this is regular maintenance that should be done anyway. But I I know I've lived in my space for a little while and I haven't really touched these up. So I'm going to make sure that I engage with my landlord and request that maintenance is done. Another pretty lightweight change to make is to take advantage of the sun's warmth in the winter by keeping your shades or drapes drapes on the sunniest windows open during the daylight hours and obviously in the hot weather try to keep your shades drawn on the sunny windows during the daylight hour. This one is great especially if you're not in your house all day. Personally working from home I'm going to have my shades pulled during the day so that I can enjoy the sunshine but if you're leaving you can make sure to have the curtains drawn in whatever fashion is going to be the most efficient and also protect your privacy and safety. And being in New York, I don't really have my own rooftop to put solar panels on, but there are a lot of opportunities to invest in a community solar. So there's solar power available to renters no matter what location you're in. Community solar projects are essentially an array of solar panels installed in a sunny off-site location. And many community solar projects are becoming available across all the states. And by participating in a project, you will get credits toward your electricity bill by subscribing to a local clean energy project. I would highly recommend checking out what what community solar projects are available in your area because you're investing in the environment and you're saving money. I hope these tips have been helpful as renters We may have limited power when it comes to the overall infrastructure of our building, but we can still make incremental progress and that really adds up. Never overlook the influence you can have, especially when it comes to influencing your landlord or making small changes around your own living space. That is all I have for today. Thank you again for spending your time with me. 
and I'm going to try to leave any helpful links to items I mentioned, resources we talked about during the episode in the description. 